Heavenly Father, we want to bless your name for another opportunity to hold this meeting. Thank you for all that you have been helping us with in our studies on the book of Haggai. As we began to look at your work and how you assess your work last week, we pray that you will continue with us even this week in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll be reading Haggai chapter 2 verse 1 to 5. Haggai chapter 2 verse 1 to verse 5. In the seventh month, on the twenty-first of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel the son of Shealtel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? In comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now, be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. May the Lord bless you of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. So we continue with our discussion on God's assessment of the work of his hands and the truth about the work of God. Once the people began to build and the building did not look as glorious as they expected it to be, God came down to comfort them. He said to them, how do you look at this work now? You think it is not as glorious as the former one? But he said to them, continue to build. Don't worry. Be encouraged. He encouraged Zerubbabel. He encouraged Joshua. He encouraged the people. He encouraged everybody. He said, just continue to build. I am with you. My spirit is with you. So a quick summary of what we now looked at in our last meeting. Firstly, we said that no work of God seems glorious in the beginning. And so we are not to despise the days of small things, the days of small beginnings. Secondly, we said that God does his work step by step. We said he is a God of process, step by step, precept upon precept, line upon line, a little here, a little there. Thirdly, we noted that God also assesses his work in stages. He assesses every step before moving on to the next step. And we noted that the reason why God does this is so that you get it right before you move to the next step. That is why sometimes we find ourselves doing the same things over and over again because we are making mistakes and making errors and God wants to correct them. We said that if, for example, you are putting up a building, you have built the foundation, but there's an error in the foundation. By the time you complete the building, you will have to break down that building so that when you are putting up a building and you have done the foundation, if it is the work of God, God will come and inspect that foundation and be sure that, okay, there's no error. Then you say, okay, let's go to the next stage. And that is how God does his assessment of his work. So we'll continue from there now as we pick on some more lessons to learn from this statement of God. And that brings us to point number four. And point number four is that the way we see things is not the way God sees things. We tend to assess things based on what we are familiar with or based on what we already know, a former thing. For example, when Samuel went to the house of Jesse to anoint a king and he saw Jesse's first son, Eliab, because of Eliab's stature, he believed that Eliab's stature was comparable to Saul's stature, and so this must be the king standing before him. But God warned Samuel and told him that he does not look at the appearance, the physical stature, the frame. What he looks at is the heart of the man, not the outward appearance. Many a times we judge things based on sight rather than what God is saying to us. And so God is teaching us here 
that we are not to assess things based on our sight, based on what we are familiar with, or based on something that has happened in time past. Instead, we are to judge based on how God sees that thing. In Matthew chapter 6, the Lord Jesus Christ said concerning the grass that grows by the roadside, that they are better clothed than Solomon in the fullness of his glory. If you were to judge the grass that grows by the roadside and the glory of Solomon, you will not find any basis for comparison. But God says that the grass by the roadside is more glorious than the way Solomon was in the fullness of his glory. And then God now says that we are better than even Solomon in all his glory. So that even though we may not have the glorious robe of Solomon, our own glory, because it is from God, is greater than Solomon's glory. When we hear about the glory of God upon a man's life, we always think that it is something that we can see. But it is based on what God has put upon that man, which we may not be able to see. But because of the glory of God upon that man's life, Satan and his cohorts will avoid the man. The people who want to fight him will not be able to fight him. He will garner the favor of God. Why? Because the presence of God, which is the glory of God, is present in his life. So it is possible for a man who is poor, who is destitute, to have the glory of God. And then for somebody who has everything not to have the glory of God. That brings us to point number five. And that is that if we are to appreciate what God is doing through us, we must look at that assignment through the eye of God. In other words, let God tell you how the work is progressing. Do not depend on your sight nor on the comments of other people. Someone may tell you that what you are doing is nonsense. And yet God is saying, what you are doing is what I want you to do. You recall that in Matthew chapter 16, Peter was the one who confessed Jesus to be Savior and the Son of God. And the Lord Jesus Christ commended Peter that he had received from the Father that which he had spoken. But a few minutes later, when the Lord Jesus Christ now told them that he would go to the cross and die, Peter began to rebuke him. And the Lord had to say to Peter, get behind me, Satan. So we find Peter speaking for God on one hand and speaking for Satan on the other hand. If the Lord Jesus were to depend or rely on what Peter was saying as the basis for his conduct, then he would have been in trouble. Sometimes when men tell you that you are doing very good, in the eyes of God, it may be bad. The Bible tells us that the things that men esteem highly, they are an abomination to God. So if we are to appreciate what God is doing through us, we must look at that work through the eye of God. Our interest must be in God's assessment rather than the commentaries being made by men. That brings us to point number six. A glorious work is the work of God done according to his instructions and done by his spirit through us. That is what God was saying to the people in Haggai chapter two, verse four and five. When he said to Zerubbabel, be strong, to Joshua, be strong, to the people, be strong, don't worry, I am with you, just continue to do the work, even though it does not look like it's glorious, just continue to do the work, my spirit is with you. As long as God is involved in that work, it is a glorious work. People may build a massive cathedral and lay it with gold, and yet God is not there. Even though men may say that that is a very glorious work, God will consider it an abomination. But when you are doing what God wants you to do, according to his instruction and by his spirit, men may disdain the work, 
yet that is the glorious work that God is doing through you. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you remember what the Lord Jesus Christ said to the apostles? He said that they are to wait to receive power from the Holy Spirit and that when that power has come, they will be able to be witnesses unto him everywhere in the world. And when the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, they were all filled with the Spirit of God. And on that particular day, Peter preached a sermon without preparing for the sermon, without opening the Bible to read it. He preached a sermon because the Spirit of God was in him and upon him. And we know that as a result of that message that Peter preached, 3,000 souls came to the Lord. And so God is giving us a guarantee that as long as we are doing his work, he will be there with us. And if God is with us, his spirit is with us. And if his spirit is with us doing the work of God, it is going to be a glorious work. In Matthew chapter 28 verse 20, the Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples, he assured them, he said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In Mark chapter 16 verse 20 also, the Lord, the Bible tells us that the Lord was walking with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. The signs that they saw was God with them confirming the word that they were preaching. And that is why it was a glorious work. Sadly, today we are having people who are bringing magic and all kinds of means to do miracles. But those miracles that people are applauding are actually not glorious work. A glorious work is the work of God done by his instructions, done by his spirit. Even though John the Baptist did not perform any miracle, the work of John the Baptist was a glorious work. So the most important thing that we need to take away today is that any work that God is doing may not look glorious in our eyes, but God considers it a glorious work. By the grace of God, we'll continue from here next week. So let me summarize from last week and this week. Number one, the work of God may not seem glorious in the beginning, but we should continue doing the work. Number two, God does his work step by step. He is a God of process. Number three, God assesses his work in stages because he wants every stage to be properly done before moving to the next stage. Number four, the way we see the work of God is not the way God sees his work. We tend to look at the work of God physically, but God looks at his work spiritually. Number five, if we are to appreciate what God is doing through us, we must assess it through the eye of God. We must let God tell us what stage the work is and how the work is going on. We must not assess it based on our sight, nor based on the comments of other people. Number six, every work of God is a glorious work as long as it is done according to his instruction and through his spirit. At this point, I just want to encourage us, whatever it is that we are doing now, as long as we are doing it according to the will of God and by the Spirit of God, it is a glorious work and it will count for all eternity. The work of preaching the gospel, the work of evangelism may not seem to be a glorious work in the sight of men, but in the sight of God, it is a glorious work. A number of times when Hollywood stars come to Christ. A lot of people applaud. But when the poor people come to Christ, nobody speaks about it. And usually the people who preach to Hollywood stars tend to be seen as celebrities, whereas the people who preach to the poor are ignored. But it will surprise you that in the eye of God, in the sight of God, the man who is preaching to the poor has greater glory before God than the man who is preaching to Hollywood stars. So henceforth, let us derive our assessment from God, our worth from God and not from men.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for our discussion today. Thank you for teaching us that your assessment is not the same thing as the assessment of men. Thank you for teaching us that what is glorious in your sight may look ordinary in the sight of men. Therefore, I pray, Lord, that you will help us to begin to look at things through your eye, that we will begin to assess your work by our hands through your word. Help us not to be discouraged by the words of men. Help us not to be carried away by the applause of men. Help us to continue to be humble and to be focused on doing your work and taking your instructions. And thank you for the promise of your spirit that you have given to remain with us. Thank you for everything. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.